and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. A little later in the hour, we're going to have an in-depth conversation about what closing schools for the rest of the year means for students and educators and families. Dean Elizabeth Moji of the University of Michigan School of Education will be with us to answer your questions and talk about how we should be handling education for our kids for the rest of the year. But first, Governor Gretchen Whitmer recently extended the state's stay-at-home order until April 30th. This new order also clarifies what constitutes an essential business or product during this pandemic. And there are a lot of people who are upset about that. They say that lawn care businesses, garden stores, and golf courses should be able to operate like usual under the order. So here to clear all of that up and talk about those concerns and what the state is up to is the governor of the state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Governor, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you. Glad to be with you. So let's start with some of the criticism that you have gotten since you extended this order. People saying there are there are least less restrictive ways, I guess, to keep people safe during this time. Walk us through how you came to the conclusion that uh, you would you would close all of the things that you have closed, this idea of essential businesses, and that it would include places like lawn care or garden stores and golf courses. Why, why are they part of this order? So we know that the most important thing we can do in the COVID-19 pandemic is to stop spreading the virus and to curtail everything that is not absolutely life-sustaining. We know that it's not easy. We've asked people to make a serious sacrifice, and people are grieving the loss of their freedom. But let's remember, too, that there's over 1,600 people and families who are grieving the loss of their loved ones. COVID-19 can be spread from person to person without even knowing it, that it can, you can be carrying it for five to seven days before you even show a symptom, and that we all react differently. What might be a fever for me could be deadly for my husband. And that's precisely why the fewer people that are out and about, the better for mitigation. We already see a flattening of the curve. If we keep this up, we're going to be able to actually start thinking about re-engagement when it's safe to do that. Now, specifically when it comes to the lawnscaping question or or golfing, what we know is that while golfing is not life-sustaining, landscaping or gardening is, is generally not either unless you're a farmer and then you are exempted. But the fact of the matter is the more of us that are out and about, the more of us are at the gas station. And I want to just focus on a gas pump for a minute. If you grab that gas nozzle and you're filling up your car on your way to the golf course, Know that COVID-19 can stay active on stainless steel for 72 hours. And think about all the people that touch that gas pump in a 72-hour period, three days. Think about the nurses and the grocery store clerks. Think about the person that's got to go and take your fee for your tea time or maintain the golf cart or, or you know, um, mow, the, mow the grass at the golf course. We're forcing a lot more people to be out and about and exposing one another to the potential of a spread of COVID-19. And I also want to acknowledge that the workers at these facilities, whether it's selling the plants at the nursery or the Home Depot or it's someone who's working at a golf course, 
these are low wage workers that don't have health care generally with their job. Mm -hmm. They don't have paid sick leave. So whether they got COVID-19 right now or not, they're going to have to show up to work or lose their job. And so because of all of these factors, we thought the wisest thing to do was to be incredibly aggressive, protect as many people as we can, and shorten the period of time that we really have to be in this in this stay-home posture. So, so uh, I want to read uh, a tweet from Lee Chatfield, who's the Speaker of the House, and somebody who was supportive of this order when it when it started and now has said that he thinks it goes too far. He said, people in our state are hurting. Family-owned businesses have been run to the ground, and hundreds of thousands of people have lost their jobs. Unemployment is skyrocketing, and our government has not been there to answer the call. We deserve better. This is unacceptable. It seems to me that what one of the points he's trying to make, and I don't think you have to agree 100% with that point of view to see this, is that there is there is also the risk of doing permanent damage to parts of the economy from this and that the 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 weighing i guess of the the restrictive nature of the health order versus the the the, the health of the economy uh, i guess he would come out on the on the other side of that can you can you talk about that weighing process for you and your advisors uh, and how you come to a different, uh, I guess it's just a different point of view on it. Yeah, well, you know, I'll say this. You know, the legislature has been really pretty good to work with. Um, We share a lot of these orders with them. We give them a heads up. We take their feedback. We've made some changes along the way. We're really trying to be inclusive and being thoughtful. I've got a a, a number of people that I um, take counsel from on the medical side. First and foremost, Janae Caldoun, our chief medical executive. But I'm talking to experts from across the country. Um, I'm listening to our, our front line, uh, whether it's the, the administrators of the hospitals that are already at capacity or hospitals that are actually up north. For instance, the one that is in Lee Chatfield's area is telling me, do not let people go to their second homes. Keep you know, clamp down on non-essential and be really um, conservative about it because we are not prepared for a COVID-19 outbreak up here. For people to come to their second homes and possibly spread Mm -hmm. COVID-19, we don't have the PPE, the medical staff, the number of beds we need. And I think that that's really an important aspect to share. I am... um, I am absolutely cognizant of how hard this is on small business and how hard this is on on people that haven't gotten a paycheck, how difficult this is on individuals who are feeling sad and isolated and uh, didn't spend the holiday with their their families the way that they'd wanted to or, or take a spring break trip with their kids, you know. But the fact of the matter is, if we continue to see the spread of COVID-19, it is going to have an even more devastating economic impact. And if we think that, you know, the day after the stay-home order is done, we just flip the switch and life returns to how it was, we're going to see a second wave of COVID-19 and have to go back to a stay-at-home posture. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing anyone wants. It's the worst thing for our economy. And so we have to make decisions based on the best science, the best medical advice, always cognizant of being smart and thoughtful about reengaging our economy because 
no one wants that day to come more than I do. So, and that I think gets us to this question of May 1st, when the current order would expire, what will life look like then? What's the likelihood that maybe you lift that stay-at-home order on May 1st? And how quickly do we start to maybe put things back together now that we're seeing a decline in new cases and deaths here in Michigan for the first time in a couple of weeks? Should people be looking at that date on the calendar saying, all right, that's when that's when life returns? So you're asking two really great questions. One is what's the likelihood? First, we know we've got a couple of weeks where we're going to continue to ramp up testing. We're doubling testing this week. Uh, we need more um, help from the federal government to get the swabs and the reagents so that we can really um, have enough information about how prevalent COVID-19 is. We're going to have to be able to trace people. And we'll have to see a sustained decrease in terms of how quickly um, the number of cases was rising. We, there are glimmers of hope here. And if this is sustained, then it will be safe to take some steps to start to reengage the economy. Now, what does that look like is the second great question you asked. And that is, you know, it, we're going to have to be really smart about phasing in. It's not flipping the switch and we're all back at Little Caesars Arena, uh, all crammed together. <laughs> um, it is, you know, certain sectors. It is um, maybe at, at, at smaller capacities, some reengagement. You know, it, we are working on exactly what those phases, responsible reengagement in a safe way looks like and working with um, a lot of business leaders and different industries to inform that. And that's why I've encouraged employers and, um, and different, you know, sectors of our economy to start doing the hard work of promulgating what you think are best practices for the safety of your employees as well as your customers and start sharing that with the administration because we're building out the plan and we all have to be informing it so we've got one that keeps people safe, that keeps us from getting into a second wave, and that we can responsibly start to, to re-engage in, in phases so that we're doing it smart. Okay. Gretchen Whitmer, Governor of the State of Michigan, always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Hope you're doing well and thanks for being here. Thank you. You too. Bye, Stephen. Up next, the dean of the University of Michigan School of Education is going to join us to talk about schools being closed for the rest of the year and what that means for students, both in terms of their education and their social growth. Stay with us on Detroit Today.